Thanking. It's good to see you guys. Welcome to Cross Point. I'm glad you're here today. We're wrapping up our series, Parental Guidance. We've been in for a few weeks, and I hope that uh, you have found this to be uh, very encouraging. I want to tell you that for me, uh, the preparation for this series has been very challenging, and so I hope that uh, we've uh, landed on some things as we've studied together that have helped you and maybe challenged you as uh, parents to think about things a bit differently. Let me uh, just uh, give you a quick re- review of where we've been, and uh, if you've missed any of these messages, they're available on our website at crosspointcape.com. Uh, you can listen to them or download them from there, and they uh, can kind of catch up on where we've been. We started out the first week talking about the understanding the characteristics and qualities of the IY generation, the current generation of uh, young people, and just trying to understand them a little bit better. By the way, somebody uh, sent me another uh, cartoon about Twitter. That's kind of been a running thing through this series. So uh, here's what they sent me this time. I think Junior has been in his room long enough. Go talk to him. Dad says, okay. Well, son, have you learned your lesson? Yep. Next time you break your neighbor's window, don't Twitter about it. Yeah, I'm just reading and I didn't write it. Okay, come on. Second week, we talked about uh, what the Bible says about how to train your children to know God, how to spiritually train them. And then last week, we dealt with the very uh, sensitive subject, and we talked about how to teach your children about healthy sexuality. And I want to wrap up today. I don't know if you're a prospective parent, a young couple uh, thinking about having children, if uh, the series has made you more excited about that, or maybe made you think, ah, I'm not so sure about this. I saw this week a, a test for young couples Uh, kind of a test to see if you're ready for children. Here's some of the things they suggested. The toy test. Obtain a 55-gallon box of Legos. Have a friend spread them all over the house. Put on a blindfold. Try to walk to the bathroom or kitchen. Do not scream. This could wake up the child at night. Parents, been there? Walking on the toys? Uh, The grocery store test. Borrow one or two small animals, goats are best, and take them with you as you shop at the grocery store. Always keep them in sight and pay for anything they eat or damage. The dressing test. Obtain one large, unhappy live octopus. Try to stuff him into a small net bag, making sure that all of the arms somehow stay inside. One more, the feeding test. Obtain a large plastic milk jug, fill halfway with water, suspend from the ceiling with a stout cord, then start the jug swinging. Try to insert spoonfuls of soggy cereal into the mouth of the jug while pretending to be an airplane. Then dump the remaining contents of the jug onto the floor. Parents, I want to say this as we get started today. I think there is a tendency, maybe a temptation in us as parents to want to try to be the perfect parent. We want to be the, the perfect trainers of our children so that we hope we end up with perfect children. Can I remind you of something this morning? The only perfect trainer that has ever walked the earth was Jesus Christ. And the group of guys that were around Jesus that He was training, there is not a single one of them that was perfect. All of them were very flawed. And we deceive ourselves if we think we are going to be perfect parents. So relax a little bit. You know what? I think God is more interested in direction than He is in perfection. And He wants to see that we're simply trying to move in the right direction. You know what? There, I don't know any parents that we could say are the perfect parents. 
But there are successful parents. Successful parents are not the ones who are out there trying the latest fad in parenting. Successful parents are the ones who are trying to live out every day what it says in Proverbs 22, verse 6. This has been our theme for the whole series. You probably have it practically memorized by now. So why don't you join me in reading Proverbs 22, 6. It says this. Can we have that? There we go. So read it with me. Teach your children to choose the right path. And when they are older, they will remain upon it. Our goal, parents, is just to continue to teach them to choose the right path. One of the areas that I think is very important for us to help our children to choose the right path has to do with teaching them the importance of boundaries in their lives. Now, parents, this is probably a common struggle for all of us, isn't it? The working to try to teach them about boundaries. We have all at times struggled with teaching them boundaries and then enforcing those boundaries. In fact, you're probably familiar with this common struggle, classic struggle, over boundaries. Does not concern you, kid. And you're lucky I don't tell your parents you were out there. You know you can't swim well. And you swim fine, Dad, okay? No, it's not okay. You shouldn't be anywhere near here. Okay, I have a You know what? We'll start school in a year or two. No, Dad! Just because you're scared of you. Clearly, you're not ready, and you're not coming back until you are. You think you could do these things, but you just can't, Nemo! Oh, 
and we've all been there, haven't we? We've all had debates and discussions and maybe arguments about what the boundaries are and trying to enforce them, haven't we? Now, Nemo's dad has very clearly said to his son, Nemo, these are the boundaries. Here is the reason that I'm placing this boundary here. And you need to listen to the boundary. Now, Nemo makes the choice to ignore what his dad has said, to disregard the boundaries, and he ultimately has to suffer the natural consequences that came as a result of not staying within those boundaries. And just in case you've never seen the movie Nemo, just let me relax. There is a happy ending. I won't tell you the details, but it turns out okay, okay? I know you're worried about that, Alex, right? Parents, we have got to set boundaries for our kids. We need to very clearly tell them what the boundaries are. We need to tell them the reason that we are placing the boundaries there. And we need to let them know what the consequences will be if they make the choice to step outside of those boundaries. Now that whole process of setting boundaries and consequences is really a lot of what disciplining our children is all about. But you know what? Disciplining our children at times causes conflict, doesn't it? It it creates stress. It takes time and energy. And all of those are things that we often would prefer to avoid, aren't they? But listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13. It says, A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Now, parents, do you love your children? Well, of course we would say yes. I mean, all of us that are parents are going to say, absolutely, I love my children. I love them with all of my heart. I would do anything that I can for my children. Parents, if we love them, then we will do the hard work of disciplining our children. We will do the hard work of placing boundaries in their lives. Because when we make the choice not to discipline our children, we are saying by our actions that I don't love you enough to do what is best because it is too difficult. Parents, we've got to place boundaries. You know what? All of us need boundaries. It's part of the way that God made us. It's part of the way that we are wired up. We need boundaries in our lives. They did a a study of some elementary school children several years ago. And this particular school they were studying, the the playground was right by a very busy street. And so as the children were out there playing, they noticed that the children only used a small portion of the playground. They would stay primarily pretty close to the building because of the fear of the traffic. Well, they came in and they decided to put up a fence around that playground, separating the kids and protecting them from the busy traffic. Do you know what happened? The children didn't see that fence as a restriction They didn't see that boundary as something that inhibited them. In fact, when the fence was placed there, suddenly they ran with freedom. They found a new joy and excitement. They ran and had fun and used the whole playground once that boundary was placed there for their protection. Parents, we need to place boundaries for our kids because it is a form of protecting them. And it actually gives their life feeling of freedom and joy. Our family uh, traveled to California, I think four or five years ago. Uh, We took our trip out there and went to a lot of different places. One of the places we visited was Sequoia National Park. 
And uh, I, I got to tell you, it was a beautiful place. The scenery was absolutely incredible, but it was probably one of my least favorite days of the entire trip because we drove on all of these roads that were narrow, sharp turns, and beside the edge of the road were these huge drop-offs. I have a little bit of a thing about heights. And so I spent my whole day absolutely afraid that I was going to somehow drive our van off the side of one of those cliffs because there were, there were really no guardrails to speak of. There were these boards with wires that ran through them, and I thought, that's not stopping anything. And all day I kept thinking, I wish, I wish there were guardrails, you know, really good guardrails, so that if something happened and I, I took my eyes off the road, even just for a second, there would be something to stop me from driving the van off the edge of the road. I wanted some protection. You know what, parents? Our goal in life is to help our children choose and to stay on the right path. They need some guardrails in place because if the guardrails aren't there, if there aren't boundaries, you know what's going to happen? They are going to end up on the wrong path. Let me illustrate this with a story from the Old Testament. There's a guy named Adonijah. He was the son of King David. Now, King David had ruled, had a tremendous rule over the nation of Israel. But as David is getting older, he becomes very elderly, very feeble. And it's obvious that his time on earth is very short, and it won't be long until somebody else becomes king, one of his sons. Well, Adonijah, one of his sons, determines that he is the guy. Nobody else has said Adonijah is the guy. His dad has never said, you're the next king. But Adonijah takes it on himself to say, I'm going to be the next king. He gets some friends around him. He coerces a priest to kind of bless him. And he declares himself king. Now, what a rebellious, what a prideful action by a son. I mean, here was a kid that was far too wise in his own eyes. How did he get to that point? There's a very interesting verse that we find in 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 6. It says this about David the father. It says, Now his father, King David, had never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, what are you doing? David had never disciplined his son. David had never put boundaries in his life. Evidently, David had never sat down with his son and said, these are the boundaries, here's the reason that I'm placing here, and here's what happens if you step outside of them. And what did he end up with? A rebellious, very prideful, wise in his own eyes son who got off of the right path and on to the wrong path. Parents, I think all of us would agree. We need to put some boundaries in our children's lives. And so let me give you this morning a few suggestions about how we can do that. Now, the things I'm going to tell you this morning are not new things. In fact, most of what I'll tell you, you'll probably think, And I've heard that before. But you know what I've discovered as a parent and in a lot of areas of life? I just need reminders. Often I don't need to be told something brand new as much as I need somebody to remind me of some tried and true principles that I've forgotten or maybe I've gotten a little lazy about. And so today I'm I'm just giving you some reminders in a sense, kind of a checklist of things that you'll probably go, I've heard that before, but you're right, I needed to hear that again. Suggestion number one. Be clear and consistent. Be clear and consistent. When it comes to placing boundaries in the lives of our children, we, first of all, need to be very 
clear. We need to communicate clearly to them, this is the boundary. And this is the reason that we are placing this boundary here. And here's what's going to happen if you make the choice to step outside of these boundaries. Parents, that requires conversation with them. It requires clearly explaining to them why you have boundaries about things like a curfew if they're older. Or how you expect them to care for their room. Or how they're supposed to interact with their siblings. How they're to respond to you as a parent. What what are your family rules about how they're to take care of the house? Do they have chores? And if so, what are the boundaries about carrying out those chores? Now parents, part of our struggle sometimes is consistency. Now it's not that we're always changing the rules. You know, we're not doing that. But you know what, we do? we're not always moving the boundaries or moving the guardrails. But you know what we often do? We're often inconsistent about the way that we enforce the boundaries. And so our kids don't know for sure from one day to the next, will, will I, anybody say anything about this or not? Will I be in trouble if I step out of the boundaries or not? And so you know what happens to them? They get frustrated. They get frustrated to the point that they just decide, I'm just going to ignore all of the boundaries because there's no consistency. Parents, one part of being clear and consistent is that husbands and wives, moms and dads, need to get on the same page. And that requires conversation. That requires sitting down together and determining what are our boundaries and what are our agreed upon consequences that will happen if they make the choice to step outside of these boundaries and how will we enforce that. I think another part of being clear and consistent is that we need to give our children the moral reason for the boundaries that we put in place. We need to be able to show them in the Bible, here's the reason that we've placed this boundary in your life. We need to show them, here's the effect that this has on other people if you step outside of this boundary. They deserve to know the reason. And it's more than just because I said so. We need to communicate with them clearly and consistently what the reason is. second suggestion that I would give you is that we need to be careful with authority. Be careful with authority. You know what, parents? All of us have a tendency to sort of navigate or slide to one form of authority or another. That's just kind of natural for us. Some forms of authority are very productive. But there are also forms of authority that can be very destructive in our children's lives. So let me warn you about a few of these destructive forms of authority. The first one I would call the bully authority. Like a playground bully who just bosses everybody around. And sometimes, parents, we can navigate towards this form of authority that's all about power and control and fear. We are demanding of things. We demand things be done our way or it's the highway kind of mentality. And we never take time to to listen or really consider or to have a clear plan or reason in place for why we're acting this way. And it doesn't produce in our children what we are really looking for. The second form of authority that can be destructive is the foghorn authority. It's a lot of noise, but there's no plan. There's a lot of screaming and yelling and demanding things, but there's no plan. There's no reason behind it. And parents, some of us sometimes can tend to be pretty loud, but it's just a lot of noise. And our kids see right through that. You know what that leaves them feeling? They're afraid of rejection. Another form of authority that we're sometimes uh, guilty of is the low energy or low battery 
authority. And basically, this is the idea that we parent based on how much energy we have. So if we come home from work and it's been a fairly easy day and we've got some energy, then we enforce all of the boundaries. But if the next day we come home and it's been kind of a difficult day at work and we're worn out from things and we don't really feel like doing much, then we just kind of let everything happen. We ignore the boundaries. And so our kids don't know, you know, what's, what's it going to be today? Are they going to enforce them? They're not going to enforce them. Another form of authority that I would talk about is the union authority. This is where there is a lot of negotiating and discussing that goes on with our kids. The kids are like the employees. The parents are like the bosses. And there's a lot of debating and discussing that goes on. And again, it's not wrong that we give our kids the reason, but it's wrong when we let them manipulate us by a whole lot of discussing and arguing and debating about things. The reality is we've set the boundaries and we need to enforce them. One more destructive form of authority is the substitute teacher authority. Now, most of us would recognize that there is this perceived idea that when you have a substitute teacher in a classroom, they don't have much authority. In fact, sometimes substitute teachers will say, boy, I'm going to leave a note for your teacher and tomorrow when they come in, they'll take care of this. Parents, some of us, that's the form of parenting we use. Wait till your dad gets home or wait till I tell your mom about this. We've allowed all of the authority of parenting to be put on one, on our spouse, on, on the other parent, instead of taking on that role, our part in that role. And that again is confusing for our children. So what is a productive form of authority? A productive form of authority is firm and loving. A productive form lovingly places boundaries and guardrails for our kids and then firmly holds them accountable to stay within inside those boundaries. You know, sometimes parents, we think that, that uh, enforcing the boundaries is all about just doling out punishment. But you know what we're really doing? We are really holding our children accountable. We are holding them accountable to stay with inside the boundaries and to stay on the right path. And we need to firmly do that after we have lovingly placed those boundaries. Third suggestion. Be creative. Be creative in the way that you talk about and enforce the boundaries. I read a great article this week from Focus on the Family and there were some parents there who gave some very creative ideas of ways that they have dealt with their kids when their kids step outside of the boundaries. A couple of ideas had to do with uh, messiness, uh, messy rooms. As one parent said that they had repeated problems with their child keeping their room really messy and they had clearly set a boundary that they needed to care for their room and keep it picked up, but it was just continually messy. And so the parent went into the room one day and said, I can't stand to see the room like this. This is not how it's supposed to be. And so I'm going to go turn the circuit breaker for your room off and it's going to stay off until you get everything cleaned up. And so there was no electricity, no electronics in the room until they got back inside the boundary. I heard a parent talk, I read about this parent who had uh, the 15-minute the whole house sweep and when things, when people had stuff kind of spread around the house, they'd call for a whole house sweep. Everybody had 15 minutes to get around and pick up all the stuff that belonged to them and get it put away where it belonged. And they said that if they didn't, if one of the kids kind of procrastinated, didn't get right to work, for every minute that they went past the 15 minutes, they had to go to bed five minutes earlier. 
teaching them they had to stay within the boundary of the expectations of their family. I heard a parent talk about the struggles over bedtime. They said there are times when their kids are just crazy at bedtime. You know, they keep getting up and they're noisy and they're laughing back and forth. And so they have gone in at that point and said, that's fine. Here's the deal. You can stay up all night if you want. But what they would do is they'd send all the kids back to their own room and they would literally tell them to stand in the middle of the room and would say to them, you can stay up standing in that position as long as you want to, all night if you like. Well, guess what happened? After just a few minutes of staying up like that, suddenly going to bed doesn't seem like such a bad idea and they get back inside the boundary that has been set. One parent wrote about... uh, dealing with a child who had lost control of their tongue and had stepped outside the boundaries of their family in the way that they were to communicate with each other. And they would literally have their child stick out their tongue and pinch it between two fingers and hold it for quite a long time until they began to learn that there was a consequence to not controlling their tongue. One more has to do with forgetting. You know, some of our kids are prone to forget things. And, uh, you know, maybe you've done what I've done an awful lot of times. They call from school. I forgot this. And so you jump in the car and you take it to school. But you know what? That doesn't teach them the boundary of learning they have to be responsible for their own stuff. So the article suggested once in a while, just let them suffer whatever the consequences are of not having that item. If that means they go without lunch, they'll survive. If it means they get a, a low grade on something, they'll survive that. But they will learn the importance of honoring that boundary of being responsible to take care of their own stuff. One more suggestion. Be confident and expect obedience. Parents, can I let you in on a little secret? You know more about parenting your child than your child does. Now, sometimes we act like it's the other way around, that they're smarter than we are. But the reality is you do know more about parenting than they do. So be confident. Be confident in the way that you set boundaries. Be confident in the way that you enforce those boundaries. Here's an issue that has to do with that confidence. Sometimes we get wrapped up in arguments or fights about the why question. Remember we said we ought to explain to our kids initially, here is why I'm placing this boundary. But parents don't get drawn into the why argument. Because you know what? Most of the time, when our kids are arguing over why, they're not really asking a question. They're trying to draw you into a battle. I mean, after all, parents, when was the last time that your kid was asking why and you gave them a really good explanation of why you were asking them to do something and they said, oh, That's a great explanation. I understand, Mom. I'll do it right now. That doesn't happen very often, does it? Because the why is all about, I want to debate with you and see if I can change your mind somehow and manipulate you. Part of being confident and expecting obedience is that you want to expect your children to obey you the first time that you ask them to do something. Not after you have threatened them repeatedly, Not after you have counted to three or to five or to ten. But you ought to create the boundary in your home that says, I expect you to obey and do what I've said the first time or there will be consequences. Now parents, to be fair to them, that means you need to give them some warnings sometimes. You need to warn them that, hey, we're going to have dinner in five minutes, so you need to be getting ready for that. You need to warn them we're going to leave in five minutes, so start getting your stuff picked up. 
But then when you ask them to do something, they should do it the first time. And that creates in them an understanding and a respect for authority and helps them to be on the right path. You know what, parents? Let me warn you about this. You cannot sacrifice parental authority in the early years and expect without compromising parental respect in the later years. Do you understand that? You can't sacrifice parental authority when your children are young without compromising parental respect in the later years. It is so true. And uh, I am so thankful that my parents, as I was growing up, demanded that I respect them in the early years. Because in the later years, it meant that I still was respecting them. I heard one of our young parents around here at Crosspoint verbalize this very thing this week to their credit. They said to me one day, they were talking about their daughter, and uh, she likes to test the waters even at a very young age. And uh, this guy said to me, you know what, I realize I have got to get control of this now or I will pay for it when she's a teenager. He was absolutely right, parents. You know what, I know that disciplining our kids is a challenge, isn't it? Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. And it's true, isn't it? I don't think there's any parent that I've ever met that enjoys the process of setting boundaries and holding our kids accountable to live within them. It's difficult. It's a struggle. It hurts at times. But if we will do that hard work now, listen to what this verse promises us. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. If we will do the hard work on the front end of setting boundaries for our kids and enforcing those boundaries, then later we will reap a harvest of righteousness and peace in their lives. I can remember an incident when I was uh, five or six years old. My family was living in a small town in Ohio. My parents had very clearly given me boundaries about where I could ride my bike and about the danger that was beyond those boundaries. But one day as I was out riding, I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to see what's beyond these boundaries? And so I rode my bike a few blocks further than I was allowed to downtown, which was amounted to one stoplight and a few stores. Wouldn't you know that just as I rode my bike kind of the top of the hill where I could see into downtown, my father was driving around the corner downtown. I saw him. I wasn't sure that he had seen me. So I turned that bike around and as fast as I could pedal, I rode back to my house. But guess who was waiting in the driveway? My dad had seen me. And to his credit, He helped me to be reminded that there were consequences, in my case, painful consequences, for disregarding the boundary. But you know what? I'm thankful that my parents laid out the boundaries and held me accountable to live within those boundaries when I was young. Because as I grew older, I shared with you a few weeks ago, I wasn't perfect and I did some things as a teenager. I made some choices that I wish I hadn't. But in general, I was a pretty good kid. And I think that's all because my parents had done the hard work early of teaching me about boundaries. And later, together, we reaped the harvest of righteousness and peace in my life and in theirs. Parents, Proverbs 22.6 says, 
Teach your children to choose the right path. And when they're older, they will remain upon it. That's the goal, isn't it? To teach our children to choose the right path. And let me encourage you, don't give up on doing that. And I believe in the promise of God when He says they'll remain upon it. It doesn't mean they'll be perfect. It doesn't mean they won't make some choices that will disappoint you. But in general, they will remain on that path if we'll teach them to choose it. If you're a parent of a child of any age, just like we did the first week, would you stand? I just want to pray for you again. If you're a parent of a child of any age, let me pray for you. God, I thank You for these people that are standing. God, You have blessed their lives with the wonderful privilege of having children and being a parent. Father, You've also given to all of us who are parents an awesome responsibility. God, I ask You, to give us the wisdom and the strength that we need. God, would You help us to do the hard work of parenting now so that in the end we will reap the harvest of righteousness and peace. God, would You help us to teach our children to choose the right path. And then God, we're asking You to be faithful to the promise that You've made in the Bible that You will help them to remain on that path. Thank You, God, for the way that You work through us as parents. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.